This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, Episode 9-Inch. On this episode, we kick off a month-long celebration of our favorite movie of all time, UHF. We started off with an interview with Susan McNabb, who has a very memorable role in the UHF music video, and we talk about our personal UHF collections. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. I love our amazing theme song, performed by Grammy-nominated Jim Kimo West. It is the best theme song of all time. It is the best theme song. I was going to say, did you hear that uh, Jim's putting out a new single next week? I cannot wait. Paniolo Starlight? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, I think it's Paniolo Starlight. Paniolo Starlight. Yeah, and so that comes out on July 10th. I'm sure it's going to be on iTunes or anywhere that music singles are sold. I cannot wait. Any music by Jim is absolutely always welcome. So we had some... Uh, we knew we were going to get some passionate feedback from our top five Dare to be Stupid songs list, but I cannot believe the comments we've gotten so far. I knew that there was going to be some controversy. I don't know <laughs> if I thought it was going to be this overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> you know, what's really crazy is everyone seems to disagree with one of our song choices, and that is Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. Uh, but everyone who disagrees with it comes back with a different song that they think should have been there uh, in its place. So <laughs> I don't know that we we didn't completely miss the mark because it, it's not like everyone's like, oh, my God, George of the Jungle should have been on there. Uh, <laughs> you know, everyone has their own opinion. So I, I think that I think what that means, Dave, is we at least got four really right. <laughs> and that fifth one is just kind of a wild card. <laughs> well, you know what? I stand by my list. I, I think it's good. I, I will admit I'm getting some flack at home because I did not include Dare to be Stupid on my list. And I'm also hearing about how Slime <laughs> Creatures <laughs> was severely missing from our list, too. But, you know, I, I stand by our list. I, I think stand we did by a good it. list. You know, every, every song, you know, Slime Creatures or... Um, I want a new duck. You know, any of those, they're great songs. And I hope people know that we're not saying they are not great songs by not oh, including no. them in our top five. It's just we had to pick. We had to pick. We only had so much time. <laughs> There's only five. <laughs> we had to get down to five. Um, so, of course, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you haven't heard our, our list yet, um, you can listen on episode eight inch. And we want to hear your feedback and uh, you can do that by sending it to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at 2000inch. And even on Facebook, we, we have a group, a Facebook group, and uh, you can join it. And uh, other fans and you can talk. And I guess it's a little bit more private than just tweeting it out on your Instagram. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fully understand it, but we, we made it. Um, and to, to show you that we're really keeping up with the times, we have a brand new way uh, to do feedback because um, Dave and I were talking, you know, people can leave messages, but uh, you know, you leave a message on Facebook or Instagram as a comment, we read it and you know, we get a chuckle out of it or, you know, we enjoy and respond to it, but there's no way for the listening audience uh, to hear it necessarily. I mean, they could go and they could read it and search for it. Uh, so we thought there needed to be a way for people to leave us voicemail messages and what better way to do it than a 24 seven um, audio inbox that you can call right from your cell phone. Uh, you can tell us what you agree with, disagree with on our top five list. Let us know what's on your mind. You get a funny weird L story. Just want to tell us hi, uh, get your pens out. We made it super easy, but get your pens out. The number is Dave. Can we, can we have a drum roll please? Uh, sure. <laughs> It is 347-SPATULA. <laughs> it's honestly got an actual phone number, 347-772-8852, and that spells 347-SPATULA, and you can call it, and you can leave us messages, and maybe, you know, we'll play them on the air. 
Yeah, again, we want to hear from you. That is just so cool. Uh, that number again, 347-SPATULA. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that up on our social media and our website too. But but definitely feel free to call it anytime, anytime you've got a, uh, a something you want to tell us. And maybe even if someone goes to um, a Weird Al show that we're not at, or even if we are at it, call in and give us a quick review. We'd love to hear it. And maybe we can even put them in one of our uh, bonus episodes. Yeah, who knows? You may you may hear yourself on a future episode. <laughs> well, let's get down to UHF. Yes. Can you believe it? 30 years ago, our favorite movie, UHF, made its theatrical debut. Do you know so where I... I was 30 years ago, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. You were not born yet. <laughs> you rub that in all the time. <laughs> so this movie's older than you, Ethan. It is. <laughs> It's still your favorite movie, though, right? It is, yeah. I was born (laughs) knowing my favorite movie. So you were born, and you had to live for a while before you got to see your favorite movie. I was born, and it was already in the universe. Yeah, I had to wait wait almost 15 years before I had a favorite movie, (laughs) if you can believe that. Yeah, so this movie was released July 21st, 1989. And in the 30 years since its release, it's become a huge cult classic. And really, a rite of passage for any Weird Al fan to watch. I mean, it's a great, it's a great family movie. And I mean, yes, technically it's rated PG thirteen, but it kind of got that rating back when the whole rating system was new, and they were being really conservative with with their ratings. If you kind of compare it to today's standards, it would, it would should easily get a PG. It's it's just it's. It's great for family nights, and it's insanely funny. I don't even re- I, like. I'm I'm just like as you said, it's a PG thirteen. I don't think I ever realized that because there's really nothing PG thirteen about it. There's no swearing. I mean, someone gets staples in their face, but that's. <laughs> I mean, there's not even blood. I, like I don't. Even, that's so crazy. Um, I can't think of yeah, a reason think, why. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it got the the rating because of uh, the whole scene with Emo Phillips and the thumb, and oh, also the fact, yeah. and okay. also the fact that that there was some um, implied animal abuse with the poodles flying out the window <laughs> and, the, and the, you know the the turtle being stuck on the ceiling, That's true. you know. So <laughs> yes, but they're all done humorously and they're fun, yeah. and I don't and I don't think people are going home and throwing poodles out a window, you know. So we'll hope not. <laughs> <laughs> we do not we do not condone throwing poodles out a window. I just want to put that out there. Uh I can't yeah, I mean, I really cannot believe it's it's 30 years. I mean, um not being 30, still it's hard to believe that <laughs> UHF's been around as long as it has. Um I'm excited to celebrate UHF. I mean, I think you and I would be happy to celebrate UHF at any time, but being that it is literally a 30-year anniversary right when we're starting the podcast, it's so great. Uh, so we are dedicating the whole month to UHF. Um, we are going to be talking to uh, the guy who wrote the score to the film, John Dupre. He also uh, did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he did a lot of stuff with Monty Python. And we're also uh, talking to, among others, David Bowe, who, of course, plays Bob and Bobo the Clown. Uh, we've got some really cool interviews coming up this month. And don't forget Susan McNabb, who we talked to later on this episode. I am so excited to talk to her. I'm so excited for everyone to hear uh, the great interview we had with her. Uh, but first, Dave, I think we should talk about, um, you know, we talk about being collectors and we have huge collections. And let's talk about some of our cool UHF-related things. Oh, I get to talk about my collection. This is so great. This is like, <laughs> this is like the moment I've been waiting for all all the entire podcast <laughs> since episode one inch. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna nerd out so much over this. This is gonna be great. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, we we've got a whole month to talk about UHF stuff. Let's just talk about like. Uh, actual film-related things. So uh, we'll leave out the the album and the singles. We'll just talk UHF, the home releases, and promotional items uh, for the releases. So, um... Okay, that should narrow it down to like about two, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, when, when it comes to the, 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 you know, actual physical releases of UHF, for me, I don't know where it started. I mean, obviously you got to see it. Um, before I did, but um, I 
wanted to see it. I, I became a fan of Weird Al, and I heard he had the movie, and this was before Netflix, so I ended up tracking down a VHS copy on uh, eBay, and it's so funny because I got it, and they had put labels on top of it covering what it was. I think the person was getting ready to record over it, like just to use it as a blank <laughs> tape. <laughs> but luckily, like someone got some sensors, like, oh, actually, maybe I can get five bucks for this on eBay. <laughs> and then I got it and then, you know, wore it out watching it a million times as a kid. But VHS, UHF was the first way I ever saw it or owned it. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because. VHS was also the first way, believe it or not, that I actually saw it. I never saw it in the theater just because it was in and out so fast. That right. I, just, I didn't get a chance to, right. to get there. And there were so many other blockbusters <laughs> that year. Um, but I, I saw it also the first time on VHS. And I remember what I rented a cop. Well, my cousin and I rented a copy from the, the uh, local rental place uh, down you know, downtown, and uh, we brought it home, and we hooked up so two VCRs next to each other, and we copied it onto a homemade tape, and I had that homemade oh tape, God. which I watched over and over again. I still have it somewhere in my collection, <laughs> and it's got, like, UHF on it, and I don't know what else is on there, but there's some other stuff that I recorded, you know, on it after UHF, but I remember just watching, because this way, I didn't have to keep going back to the rental store place and watching it over and over again. I could just watch it, you know, at my convenience because I, I taped it off of uh yeah so you effectively pirated a copy of UHF <laughs> yes yes I'm, I'm hoping the uh, statute of limitations is over on that because <laughs> I'm admitting to this in public now I think um, those who um who own the rights to UHF I think that they uh especially after hearing this segment if they're if they heard you admit that they're gonna hear you talk about how many copies of it you legitimately owned so oh, yeah. <laughs> i more than made up for it <laughs> so vhs um i i'm sure that they put out vhs in other countries do you have other releases oh there are there are a lot of different uh releases of uhf um off of the top of my head i, I know that there's one in, in canada which is really pretty cool because it's actually got uh a french um subtitles on it hmm. um and it's called uh uhf tele ringards i'm hoping i'm saying that my <laughs> french right um there was a a version uh it released in the uk which i have um there was also a version released in germany and this one's got a little slightly different title to it it's called uhf sender mit Beschkrankter Hoffnung. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I sounds probably right. probably butchered that one, <laughs> too. Uh, but, but yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and believe it or not, uh, there, are, there are a couple others. Um, there is uh, a copy in Japan, which is really pretty neat. Whoa. Um, do you have that one? Yeah. I do have that d d Japan copy. Absolutely. I'm just going to assume um, anything you're talking about you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm talking about stuff in my collection okay. um yeah it's it's kind of cool it's got some uh japanese writing on it and uh and then the uhf underneath and the entire like i i can't read japanese but the entire you know back of the mm -hmm. you know the it's in a, one of those clamshell cases um the entire back of the the uh the uh, j card i guess or whatever it's called uh is is in is in japanese <laughs> that's cool i don't think i've even seen one of those that's really cool yeah, that's a definitely a cool one. And there's also uh, a really cool one um, from Israel. Wow. Yeah. Is it is, is it in Israelish? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's in Israelish. <laughs> um Yes, the cover is in Israel. Yes, okay. <laughs> we don't need to go any further. I, I, I've, I've correctly identified it. <laughs> yeah, and actually, what's cool about that is, uh, is, 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 is uh, the front of it is it's, and all these also have slightly different covers than uh, the U.S. version of the VHS. Um, this is again in another clamshell, and uh, in Hebrew, it has written a whole bunch of. Uh, stuff on the front which i can't read and a whole bunch of and the back I, is entirely i in. can read it dave you. it says uhf <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot but the, but the cool thing is that and is that uh it's kind of you know because um 
Hebrew is kind of written from right to left. So you can kind of tell that it's written from right to left. Oh, so it says (laughs) (laughs) F-H-U. Well, the the title itself is U-H-F. Oh, okay. But the Hebrew. Because it says kind of where you can see where it's copyright 1989 is kind of 1989 and then... I guess what says copyright in Hebrew or Israelish or Rappi kite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Always time but, for but, spoonerisms. Um, yes. Uh, and then I do want to also point out that there is a version um, from Italy too, which is subtitled I video, I video idioti. Dave, yeah. I have a, I have a suggestion for you. Um, yes. I think that you should just record over all of these. Just, <laughs> just you know you can just put you know stickers on them and just record uh wheel of fortune on there i think <laughs> i'll get on that all right <laughs> well okay so after well before we move on though before okay, we move on uh there's one more kind of cool vhs thing which i want to point out um is that we act- there's actually a uh trailer and screening preview of UHF, which is also available on uh, VHS. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's in, it's in a pretty generic uh, white box, and it's, you know, got Orion plastered all over it. And it's got kind of, you know, it's it's, it's got the the back of, uh, it kind of explains, you know, it's kind of well, obviously trying to sell the movie, <laughs> trying right. to sell the VHS. Right. Um, so it's really pretty cool. Uh, cool. But yeah, I wanted to point that out. It's, it's It kind of falls under the VHS category. I would say it would. It also could have fallen under promo items, Dave, but I will let that slide. <laughs> Let's talk about DVDs. So, um, I love, I was, I loved when it came out on DVD because that meant I didn't have to watch the VHS that was covered in stickers and falling apart at that point. Um, and the one thing I wanted to say about DVD is, you know, of course it came out on DVD UHF. Um, but only a couple years ago, I saw in one of the collecting groups on Facebook, someone posted a picture of their, you know how they put out those DVDs like at Target and it's like four different movies on one DVD. Yes. Yes. So someone posted that as part of their collection and I, I'm not at Dave, I'm not at your level, obviously of, of collecting, but I try to collect literally anything possible that I can weird Al related. And when I saw someone post that, I realized that I had seen those in stores and never thought to add it to the collection. And I felt so stupid. I was like, (laughs) wait, I literally had seen these. I had an opportunity to get them at retail cost for like 10 bucks or whatever it was. And I just saw it. And it's like, oh, I already have it on Blue or DVD. And it, it's, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess it just, in my mind, it wasn't a collectible thing. It was just a way to watch the movie. Um, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, crap. So I have since collected. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go and buy them on eBay for more than retail price. Uh, but I have it. I think it, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I know one has like Dodgeball, the movie on it. Um, I think one even I, has. I think one ha- yeah, but biodome on yeah. It, I think. Yeah, which yeah. is so ironic because Al <laughs> talks about biodome in uh, Albuquerque. So, <laughs> yeah, that's for the that's for someone who's really wants ev- one of everything. You you got to track down those. They're, they're yeah, like I said, they were just put out for you know kind of just to get these movies out there. Pretty and they were pretty inexpensive. When, yeah, uh, they were in there. They were like in the you know the a couple dollars, like five ten dollars. You know, I think they were unless at, you buy them on eBay, right? <laughs> then you're paying <laughs> you more pay than up. that. Um, but yeah, I think I got, I think that they were released at, um, Target and Walmart, if I remember correctly. That sounds about right. It could have been other places too, but I remember seeing them in Target and Walmart and not buying (laughs) them. (laughs) Yeah. So some other cool, uh, DVD releases, um, since we're talking about them is there's actually, uh, again, um, the German release. Which I'm gonna say it again. Sender mit <laughs> Beskrankter Hoffnung. <laughs> Please, somebody correct me on that. <laughs> People are gonna call three four seven spatula and correct us on all of these pronunciations. <laughs> yes, someone who speaks German, who speaks Italian, who speaks Israelish. Yes. Please call. <laughs> 
please call and correct us on our, our pronunciations. Um, and then, of course, there is also an Italian uh, version of the DVD, which is iVideo. Video. Actually, this is kind of funny because it's got a slightly different title on the DVD than it does on the VHS. And hmm. the DVD is called iVideoti. Oh, is because I've seen it called like the Vidiot uh, from UHF or yeah, that that roughly yeah. Overseas, this was movie was called the Vidiot from UHF because they really didn't know what UHF was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't translate great overseas, <laughs> but there's still a lot of different versions of it. Apparently, very popular in Germany. Um, <laughs> the one I can we skip to Blu-ray? I wanted to mention um, there's a german only blu-ray release it's this really cool special edition it comes with like a 20 or 30 page full color book and i wish i could read it but i can't <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could pronounce it but i can't um but that is a, a really cool thing and that came out only a couple years ago but um of course they they did also a couple years ago put out an official blu-ray release in america yes <laughs> the, the 25th anniversary edition was released on uh blu-ray that's five years ago oh yeah that's easy to do that's easy math to <laughs> to figure out i wonder if they're going to come out with a 30th anniversary edition on i don't know uh some other format that <laughs> hasn't been invented yet it's just yeah it's just going to be on netflix and we can't collect it <laughs> that's the problem is with things moving off of physical releases it's hard for uh people like you and i to collect them i mean we can have them you know in the <laughs> in the ether of the internet but it, you can't really display that <laughs> true <laughs> Do you have any other Blu-ray releases that you know of? Um, no, I'm not aware of any other Blu-rays other than the ones that you mentioned. Um, I get well. I guess there is there is a UK version of uh, the Blu-ray as well. Okay. Um, but but uh, but no, I don't. There's uh, other than that. I think that pretty much covers the Blu-ray. Uh, there is um, one more format that I'm not sure if people are really aware is out there because uh it hasn't been it's not really all that common um and that is a laser disc there's a laser disc version of this yeah laser disc i you know i think before i started collecting weird al stuff i had never seen a laser disc in person <laughs> um and it's really bizarre it it's the size um if you've never seen a laser disc it is about the size of a vinyl lp but it looks like a DVD, so it's just a really big DVD, and you have to flip it over halfway through. Um, I've never watched a Laserdisc. I have them. <laughs> but have you ever watched a Laserdisc? No, I have I have multiple Laserdiscs, including the UHF Laserdisc, but I just don't have any way to play them. I never tracked down a Laserdisc player, so I... I just assume they're, they're, right. they're working. <laughs> yes, people could be scamming us so bad on eBay. They're just like they're just like getting a DVD and stretching it out over a fire. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is a laser disc. I have a funny story. I um I bought a Weird Al laser disc. I think it was UHF, and um it was listed very inexpensively on eBay because typically those go for at least fifty dollars or more, and it was listed for like fifteen twenty bucks. And it was um, the Weird Al Laserdisc, and it was Rocky Horror Picture Show on Laserdisc. And it was like the auction was like Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that, and also a Weird Al thing. Like the guy, <laughs> like he totally just like he had two things, and he thought the Rocky Horror was the only one that would sell, so he just kind of like <laughs> threw them together. So I, of course, snatched it up real quick. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with a, a Rocky Horror Laserdisc? Because <laughs> uh, they're really not worth much. Um, so I just, I had sent it to my work. And um, I used to work at a, a theater. And so it was just at my desk. I didn't really know what to do with it. I figured I could give it away. At, uh, you know, we did like cult movie screenings. Um, so then uh, a few months go by and we have Barry Bostwick in the theater with a screening of Rocky Horror. And we're at the meet and greet. And uh, he goes, hey, I'll, if anyone has anything, I'd be happy to sign it before I head out. And then I remembered I have Rocky Horror Laserdisc <laughs> on <laughs> my desk. So I ran and got it. And it just a crazy fluke. This random free thing I had 
with a Weird Al purchase, I actually got to have signed by one of the stars of the film. So that was kind of cool. Not completely Al related, but <laughs> kind of apropos for our conversation. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, Laserdisc. That is not all of them. No, you're missing one. Now, this one, I would be surprised if very many people have this at all. But there actually was a Betamax release of UHF. So crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I have it. And no, I do not have a Betamax player. (laughs) So I have not watched it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. For a while back... uh, when you know VHS and Betamax first came out, they were really kind of competing each other to see, for the market, and I just I guess VHS is the one that caught on. But some people really kind of stuck with the Betamax and insisted on that, so they put out movies for Betamax for a while, and we're fortunate enough to get one uh, UHF. Basically, the cover looks exactly the same as the VHS cover, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the US one, except it's got a sticker on it that says Beta. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and in the inside of the actual box itself, there's a little divider, which uh, which is uh, sized down to fit the beta because the beta max is smaller than uh, okay. so than it's, the actual VHS. Yeah. So the box is the same VHS box. They just stuck a divider in, is what you're saying? Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to get one of those. Um, I don't think I've ever even seen one. I'm gonna have, You're going to have to show me. Um, that's a really cool item to have. Yeah, definitely. Now you just need it in Israelish, and <laughs> as far as I know, that one was only released in the U.S. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um, there is no, there is no um, sender mid bestronter Huffnung version of on Betamax that I'm aware of. I uh, I wanted to talk about a couple like promotional items um, that sure. uh, that we have. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is I remember a few years ago. Um, I searched something odd on eBay. Like sometimes I won't just type in Weird Al. I'll type in some weird combination of that. And I found this guy who was selling German UHF lobby cards. And it were only a couple bucks. And I bought it immediately because it was so cool. It's like the very vibrant uh, artwork. And I I think um, they came in sheets of nine. And then at the movie theater in Germany, they would uh, separate them, put them in a stack, and people could... um, you know, pick them up when they're going to see other movies and it kind of would promote UHF. There's like, I, I assume a synopsis on the back. It's really cool. Um, so I got one. I was like, wow, this is really great. And I'm starting to think like, you know, it's perforated. I wonder if I could, you know, eventually get all nine in the sheet and frame it or something. And as luck was have it, like after I get it in the mail, the next day, the same guy put another one on eBay. So I, I immediately, like I wrote to him, I'm like, dude, I don't know how many of these you have. I will take all of them. And he gave me, he sold me all of them. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And uh, I, so I, I probably have like six or seven of them. Um, <laughs> and then I remember a few years later, uh, same guy, he found another one, put it up on eBay. He forgot about me and I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan's got the, got the market cornered on German That's UHF right. lobby cards. <laughs> And I think I, I think I eventually, um, I don't know if I gave one to you. I, I definitely gave one to Bermuda at some point because he, he said he didn't have it, and I wanted it to be in the official collection. So, um, I, I don't have the full nine, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to, to, to part with, with them for, you know, super collectors, of course. Yeah, I, I think I have one or two of those uh, myself, and they're really cool. They're, they're kind of. They're kind of just this little paper piece that that doesn't take up a lot of room at all in your collection. So and it's it, yeah, it's just... it's really good to get framed because it's just it's so small and like you said, it doesn't take up a lot of space. Yeah. Um, I think I've had Al sign sign one, and uh, it's just a cool cool little thing, good for a desk. Yeah, there is a since we're on the on the promo items, and I also I, and I had already mentioned the UHF trailer on VHS. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's one more thing I do want to mention is that I'm considering this a promo item, even though I guess it really isn't. Is that there was a uh, 35 millimeter trailer of UHF, which uh, if you search hard enough for, you can still track down copies every once in a while. Mm. Um, they're basically the. Uh, 
when you know when you go to the movies and they have the previews right um, and they and before everything was digital uh they had they had everything printed out on 35 millimeter and uh, they would kind of spool up a few of these before whatever the movie was and this is the one to kind of promote uhf and it's really pretty cool uh, and one of my favorite items in my collection <clears throat> have you unrolled it like to look at the frames <laughs> i've unrolled it enough to look to see that it is actually okay. uhf <laughs> you haven't like no you know, scan digitally scanned each and every frame and recreated it on the computer. You haven't done that. <laughs> no, but I'm sure somebody has. <laughs> if anyone wants to do that, give us a call. 347 spatula. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so another cool thing. And do you know the story behind the glasses? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, there are glasses that were made for UHF and they were just put out as a promotional item and there was a whole bunch of other little promotional items that they had like little uh maybe stickers or postcards or things like that but these glasses seemed to be really popular um and they were kind of given out at you know the the uh, debut of the the movie you know as it made each theater and I guess they were just given out for the theaters to do with what they wanted with and they're basically um they're made to look like 3d glasses they're not really 3d yeah it's just uh, a it's like a a dark lens <laughs> yeah like a dark lens you can't use it to look at an eclipse or anything like that um, believe us <laughs> we've tried we are blind <laughs> they're, they're not rated for eclipse <laughs> Um, or they're not even really, really relate. I wouldn't even use them as sunglasses. Um, but they're basically paper glasses with, like I said, a little, uh, darkened piece of plastic, uh, for their, for the, you know, over the eyes. And they're meant to be kind of used, worn a couple times and discarded or whatever. But, uh, they are pretty cool. They come in, what, well, they come in, uh, four different colors. <laughs> well, we, th so they do come in four, but, uh, a funny story about that, um, I remember the first ones I had were pink, or at least I saw them on eBay in, in pink. And so I only knew of the pink ones. And um, I mean, the 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 uh, poster and the artwork for UHF is kind of pink, so it made sense to have pink. Um, but then I remember someone was selling green, pink, and yellow on eBay, and yes. um, I really I needed them. I decided I needed <laughs> them, but they were selling multiples. So, uh, Dave, this was. Uh, a couple years ago, we teamed up and we decided that instead of bidding against each other, that we would uh, work together <laughs> and uh, split them up. Uh, so we did that and we thought we had the whole set until Squeezebox came out. And I think you're the one who noticed this before I did. Yeah, well, right. The three different colors were the green, the pink and the yellow. And uh, we have a uh, we had a whole bunch of them. We split them up between uh, myself, Ethan, and a friend of ours, Amanda. Um, split them up, and uh, I still have a bunch of them <laughs> left. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, in the squeeze box, I was looking at at the artwork in there, and when I got to the UHF page, I'm looking. I'm saying, there's a pair of glasses in here, and they look like they're orange. <laughs> and it makes sense because they're <laughs> it's neon green, it's neon pink, it's neon yellow. And the other, like, quote-unquote, common neon color is orange. So, yes, there was a fourth one. <laughs> so, I, I think I immediately kind of, uh, I emailed Bermuda, and I was like, hey, are those orange UHF glasses? And he confirmed that they were. And, of course, my <laughs> next question was, do you have an extra one? <laughs> and he confirmed that he didn't. <laughs> so there is one in his collection, you know, uh, that he, and that was the one that was filmed. He confirmed that was the one that was, uh, or taken pictures of for the squeeze box okay. on the, the page for UHF. Um, but I said, that's pretty rare because I know about the, the green. I know about the pink. I know about the yellow. I've never heard about this orange before. Um, and then I was talking also to, uh, UH Jeff, who is our guest on episode three inch about these glasses. And he had mentioned that he was pretty sure that he had a pair of orange glasses. And I was like, whoa. And then he confirmed, <laughs> you know, he confirmed, I do, I do have a pair. And he said, and I said, where did you get those? And he said, oh, they were given out, you know, the uh, opening night of UHF when we went, I went with a friend. I wonder if my friend still has his pair. So amazing. He, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> So he called up his friend and his confirmed that the friend that he went to the show with, his friend says, yeah, I still have those glasses. And he's like, you know what? 
Jeff, I'll give them to you. You're going to appreciate them more. And so Jeff said, well, I'll give them to Dave because I know Dave's going to want them. <laughs> and so his friend's like all excited, gives him the glasses, sent, you know, sends him the glasses. And Jeff gets these glasses and I set up a trade with him. I'll give you, I think, I forget what color Jeff wanted, the, the pink or the, the, the green maybe, because I think the green's a little rarer of the, of the colors. Um, I'll trade you for the orange one. He's like, okay, great. So when he got the the glasses, he kind of sent me a, an email or text and said, "Dave, I can't trade you these glasses. Wait, <laughs> you have to trade me these glasses." <laughs> He's it's, like, "No, no, you don't understand." Well, because because Dave, to you, it's like it's the Infinity Gauntlet for Avengers. It's like you have the the three, you need the fourth one, exactly. and now I you're hearing that he won't trade you. <laughs> so I'm like. Jeff, what is the problem? Why won't you trade me? I'll throw in some other stuff. What is you know? What do you want? You want money? What do you want? You know, just tell me. <laughs> and so Jeff's like, "Well, I can't trade you because these glasses are destroyed, my friend. I don't know what he did to them, but they are destroyed." I said, "Jeff, it can't be that bad." He goes, "No, no, you don't understand. These glasses are just like terrible. They're ripped. <laughs> you know, they're they're folded. They're crumpled up. I have, you know, I don't know what my friend did. He ran over them with a truck. I have no idea how. They're just horrible shape. I, I, you know, in good conscience, I cannot send these to you." I said, "Jeff, they can't be that bad. You know." Send them, send them to me. We'll do the trade. I know you're, you know, you're a collector like us, so everything's got to be perfect, main condition. I understand. Okay, it's got a few creases on it, whatever. You know, I'm fine with that. No. So Jeff's like, no, no. I said, I said, I'm calling off the trade. I'll send you the glasses. You know, free of charge, nothing. Just, just, you, but just, just get your hopes lower. I'm like, no, we're doing the trade, whatever. I said, no, no, no. I don't want to do the trade. I, I can't. I'm like, okay. So he sends me the glasses. I'm like, they can't be that bad. I get the glasses. I'm like, oh, the glasses are here. You know, like mail comes. I, I open them up and I just cried. <laughs> they can't be that bad. Can they? They are. They are destroyed. I, I, they are destroyed. They're so fragile that I can't even take them out of the envelope for fear oh, of the no. fact that they're going to fall apart. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I mean, let's just take a step back. These paper flimsy glasses they gave out in 1989 like unless you're a super collector at that point why are you holding on to that first of all you know it's like it's right. it's just like it's a, a garbage thing like what are you going to do with it so it's amazing that any that any of these still exist but then it's amazing even further that on one hand jeff preserved them <laughs> and like had the foresight to like keep them nice and the even the fact that his friend has these destroyed things. The fact that he still had it, like almost 30 years later, is pretty amazing. Yes. And I'm very grateful that I have them yeah. in my collection, but I almost wish the friend had thrown him away and not told Jeff about it. <laughs> well, now there's an asterisk in your collection next to the, the so, orange ones. I'm going to put this out there. If anybody has an extra set of orange UHF glasses, Please, please contact me. <laughs> and well, hey, Dave, you have one. I don't have any orange ones, so contact me <laughs> I will, first. I will give you. I will give you my my pair of glasses. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that Jeff gave to me. <laughs> yeah, I think what we should do. You'll get your good orange ones, and I'll have it. Then I'll get my good orange ones, and I'll give it to another collector. Let's just pass those around until they turn into dust. I think that's the good plan. <laughs> So, yeah. Dave, I know you also have something really cool. Uh, I never saw it. I, I know you were showing me some cool stuff in your collection, and you told me about something, but I don't know if you've even seen it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what happened was, uh, again, um, as they're promoting this movie, they're sending stuff out to the theaters that, you know, things like the lobby cards, the promotional glasses, and, and that kind of stuff. They also sent out to, I don't know how many they've made and how many they sent out, but um, you've seen them in the movie theaters. There's these giant standees, you know, to promote the movie. Well, there was one made for UHF. And uh, back in 2000, uh, I was able to, believe it or not, track down one of these... Uh, lobby displays and uh let me tell you that um i don't remember where i got it from i don't remember <laughs> how much i paid but i do remember you know that 
like this was like one of like at the time probably like the holy grail in my collection because it was just it was like no one had ever seen one before and i was lucky enough to kind of track this thing down and again those kind of things you know once they're set up like who's going to go through the trouble of folding it perfectly they just toss those out yeah they usually just throw those in the dumpster in the back and you know or sometimes yeah maybe the maybe the the uh film company will want that back but generally they're just like just trash it yeah um so the fact that yes the yes the one that i have was used you know in a movie uh was moved used in a movie theater um but the fact that then somebody had this the foresight to kind of save that <laughs> you know preserve <laughs> it until at least until the year 2000 when they decided to get rid of it um, <laughs> what was like is, is amazing in itself so i get this and it's this huge box that comes, uh, and I'm still living with my parents at the time, and it comes to my parents' house, and, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And like, I get this, and I'm like, oh, wow, that box is big. You know? <laughs> okay, this th- I didn't realize this thing was really big. All right, well, you know what? I'm going to set it up. This thing is so cool. So I, I kind of, you know, find room in my parents' uh, dining room, and I lay everything out on the floor, and it's like, it's a puzzle to put this thing together. So I'm putting this thing together, so many different pieces, and I build this thing, and it is huge. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I think I took a few pictures of it, and I said, all right, I'm putting this back in the box, and I've never, <laughs> I've never opened it up again since. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, where are you going to put that? <laughs> So yes, I still have it um, in my collection. <laughs> it's no, still in the you're original box that was shipped in. And, and, and uh, so yeah, there's a reason why you didn't see it when you were over here. <laughs> so I would love to set it up again sometime and take uh, better pictures of it. That would be yeah. just But but um, it's definitely unless unless I uh, decide to put an extra wing on my house to house my uh, Weird Al collection, there's no there's just no room for it. I think that. <laughs> Uh, people should start uh, sending us money and we will start the Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al Museum and we will set up that. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all. That's all we're going to put in there, unfortunately. That's all uh, that's going to fit. <laughs> it's going to be a very small museum. It's going to be a shed behind Dave's house. <laughs> and you can come and take your picture with it. Wish you were here. <laughs> Love postcards. Postcards and, mini- and miniature standees, yes, and, and window decals and anything else they'll sell us. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, Ethan, there's so much more we could talk about about the movie UHF. I think we've covered quite a bit on the film. Maybe later on this month we'll cover a little bit on uh, the CD, the uh, the cassettes, the singles, and everything else that we haven't covered yet. Um, but coming up next, we talk to Susan McNabb. I am very excited to welcome a very special guest to the program. She was in the UHF music video. Please welcome Susan McNabb. How's it going, Susan? Hi. It's great to be here. What a uh, what an excellent um, what an excellent credit to to have. <laughs> Well, thank you. Who knew this would happen 30 years later? You'd want to talk to me about this. It's fabulous. Are, are we the first people to want to talk to you about the UHF appearance? Yes, you are. <laughs> Excellent. Other than I don't like my husband. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm sure that uh, this is, as you said, the first time talking about UHF, but you have been in a lot of things. You were in... Um, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire music video. I'm sure that's what people ask you about. Yes, I, I have been interviewed about that one before, yeah. yeah. That was a big one. Not as big as UHF. Um, so. <laughs> well, I don't know, but it's pretty big. <laughs> now, when you tell people you're in the UHF music video, do you have to clarify, well, not the movie UHF, but the, the music video that was put out for the song that was put out for the movie? You know, it, it's funny. I usually just say I was in a um, Robert Palmer parody. I I hardly ever think of it as the UHF video, but oh. I guess that's how I should how I should um, <laughs> refer to it. I'm doing it wrong, but <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, but I, I think of it as the Robert Palmer parody because that's just the, the little part that I was in. So right, you know, it's right. all about me. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. And, and the little the little parody clip, of course, was the Robert Palmer's "Addicted to Love" segment. You know that that That's you had correct. done, right? And um, 
<laughs> I, I gotta I ask you a couple questions, but uh, since you brought up uh, about your husband, what does your husband think about you being in, in this music video? Um, that's a good question too. I don't know. <laughs> I should ask him. You guys don't talk about it on a daily basis. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't come up at every meal. But... <laughs> I, I mean, he knows. You know, before I was married, I had this crazy Hollywood life and. I did a lot of interesting things. And so, yeah, he knows, you know, and he's also a big Weird Al fan, you know, of course. Oh, wonderful. We all are. And actually, <laughs> we used to see him in, um, when I lived in L.A. We used to see Weird Al all the time. Um, we used to go to lunch at Soup Plantation in the Beverly Connection. That was one of our favorite places. And Al was always in there. Al, like I know him, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Yankovic was there with his <laughs> wife and daughter. And I would constantly go i'm gonna go say hello i'm gonna go talk to him i'm just gonna go you know introduce myself oh no no i'm too scared you know <laughs> I, I never did and oh, my no. husband was always like just go say hello to him i'm like oh, no no i just was too embarrassed so i never did but we saw him all the time that's at amazing lunch. you well you would have had to <laughs> hold your finger up over your lip for him to recognize you i think <laughs> I wasn't wearing my mustache and glasses, right. so yeah, he wouldn't have known. <laughs> but he looks exactly the same. This was like literally like 20, 25 years after the video, and I couldn't believe how he's identical. He just he hasn't aged a day. It's amazing. He's a clone. Uh, that's what we've decided. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, or maybe a vampire. I don't know. Oh, true. Well, we're true. That's true. We'll, we will get to vampires in this call in this uh, interview. Oh, but, okay. but... <laughs> yes, we'll talk a lot about vampires. <laughs> But um, I, I have so many questions about uh, how, how did you, like, what is the story? How did you get picked for the UHF video? Um, you know, that's a good question. And I don't really remember. I called, um, I don't know if you know the other women in the video, Kathy Foy and Dana Williams and Linda Ashton. And the fifth girl, I don't know her name. She was a friend of Al's, and I don't, I don't remember her name. But the other three girls were really good friends of mine. And I actually called Kathy Foy this morning and said, do you remember the audition? Because I don't. Oh, wait, my dog's going to bark. I'm sorry. That's fine. My dog's barking. Uh, he doesn't understand about technology. <laughs> quiet when you're on the phone. Uh, but anyway, so Kathy didn't remember either. And I looked in my, you're not going to believe this, but I saved all of my uh, day runners from my calendars from when I was <laughs> living in LA. No all, way. You know, oh yeah, wow. I have them all. And, uh, and it's amazing what you can little details that you can pull out that you don't necessarily remember, but that you can have access to if you kept all of your calendars like <laughs> I did. So I looked it up and it was on June 21st, 1989. That's the day that we shot it. And as far as I can tell, the audition was on the 15th. The audition says, my notes for the audition say, um, it's this Prince, video, Prince music video, Robert Palmer type. And I thought well, that's got to be it because <laughs> because it was like a few days before the shoot and and I asked Kathy she was like yeah that sounds about right and I could see where you would get the you know the agents and the casting people would get the the Prince thing mixed up with right. because there was a Prince segment in there yeah so um, anyway yep. so that, so that's apparently <laughs> I auditioned for it but I don't really remember the details of the audition but we all booked it we were all very excited to book it of course. And uh, we went to work. We got paid $200. Again, this is all in my notes. Wow. <laughs> These are amazing notes. And it even, I know. It even says, um, it was 1230 to 530. And it says, after five hours, call Steve. Steve was my agent. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, they didn't have enough money for overtime. That's so. funny. <laughs> so, yeah, we were supposed to call if we went past five hours. But, uh, but apparently we didn't because the, the check came and it was $200. <laughs> and <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what you do when you, that's what you get when you keep your calendars for 30 years. <laughs> that is incredible. That I would have yeah. never imagined that you would have your calendar from that long ago. <laughs> I know. Well, see now I'm a, I'm a writer. And so now I can pull those little details when I go back and write about my past. I can uh, have all these little accurate little you know goodies in there that i normally my brain would never hold on to for, for that, 
Was that was that the goal when you saved everything, or is it just a happy accident? <laughs> no, 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 it was a complete accident. Okay. Yeah, I, when I saved things, I had no idea I would ever even think about writing years later. So I was just an accident. That's I was just great. apparently very OCD, so I just <laughs> saved everything. <laughs> but they come in handy, you yeah. know, for things like this. Very, now, I, now yeah. you guys know. We shot at um, a little studio on North Fuller in West Hollywood. I can't remember the name of the studio, of course, but I have the address if you want. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to go visit this studio now. Yeah, well, it probably isn't there, or maybe it's completely different. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, so I just auditioned for it, like like most of the music videos that I did. We had these hideous, horrible auditions where you had to wear, you know, really tight, awful spandex dresses and... <laughs> stand on the mark and they would turn on music and you slate to camera and then they'd say you know just move and dance a little bit and you have to like try to <laughs> look really sexy you know without looking stupid and you didn't want to be like stripper sexy you know you just wanted to be sort of tasteful model sexy <laughs> were you dancing to weird al music that's the question we, we need uh, to know you know i probably wasn't they no. usually <laughs> had some generic you know whatever they had in their box at the time and it would sometimes give you um, a prop, you know, like a, a riding crop or a feather boa or something sexy, you know, to play with. <laughs> one time, one of, them, one of them gave me a basketball. No <laughs> she, just, she just said, try to look sexy and dance. <laughs> I'm like trying my best, <laughs> rolling that basketball all over my body. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I booked that one. <laughs> But yeah, they were pretty hideous. So they're all the same, all the same. Yeah. Now in this video, you were wearing. Now speaking of outfit, you're wearing like a short black skirt. You know, your, your lipstick on, and your hair was slicked back. And of course, you were wearing the, the uh, glasses and mustache. Now, was that is that your wardrobe that you brought? No, that, no, that uh, was that divided? was your wardrobe. I did in my notes. It said, uh, "Come with clean hair and face," which meant they did my hair and makeup. And it said, um, bring red nail polish and black pumps. Wow. Although I was looking at the video and those are not my pumps. So I think that they provided, <laughs> I think they provided all the wardrobe and did our hair and makeup. Those were not our dresses. Those were, you know, they were trying to, to duplicate the, um, the Robert Palmer video, obviously. Right. And so they got the details of the dresses and, and the, you know, the musical instruments and everything to match. So yeah, those were not my my clothes. Those were that's not my real mustache. <laughs> that was those my are next not my question. real glasses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hey, when we got on set, we were all completely done up and looked fabulous when they put us on set. And then someone realized they'd forgotten the glasses, mm. and so they sent somebody out, like a production assistant or some poor soul, out to grab the the weird old glasses last minute, you know, everybody's standing around waiting, <laughs> costing, you know, such, such a fortune. <laughs> it's like these tiny little budgets, but anyway, so they sent him out and he came back with the glasses, but they were all um, reading glasses. So they had like magnification, oh, you know, oh, to no. the, to the lenses. Oh. And so they, you know, put him on us and we were all just completely, you know, <laughs> Well, by the end of the day, Kathy and I were laughing because we remember saying that we had Weird Al headaches by the end of the day because <laughs> of wearing these glasses. And I have one image that somebody gave me some snapshot of all of us on the stage. And it's like between takes and every single one of us has our hands on our glasses. It's like we're all looking in different directions and doing different things, but we're all holding the glasses <laughs> to our face like, oh, my God, get these things off of me. So, yeah, it was not not the most comfortable um, pair of glasses for us. It looked fabulous. And, of course, you can't tell in the video that, that we have terrible headaches. Right. Because <laughs> that's <Yeah>. acting. <laughs> that's right. We're professionals, after all. <laughs> so, now, did you shoot the entire song or did they know what segment they were going to use? You know, that's a good question too, and I don't, I don't remember the details. I, I don't, uh, I don't think we shot like a whole like. I'm pretty sure we didn't shoot like a whole like three minute song one time. Right. Okay. Although you know, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I'm just thinking logically, they would probably shoot little segments, but you know, I don't know. I do remember they did a second set up, you know, they did the close up of my legs. I don't know if you saw that sexy leg shot. <laughs> of course. Yeah, <laughs> so my best work. Thank you very much. 
but yeah, they did a second little setup to get the close-up of the legs, and um, so there were two two shots, you know, the main shot, and then um, and then I think they shot some of Al without us. Pretty pretty sure they shot some of him um, where we weren't standing around him. But it was a five-hour five shoot. I'm sorry, my dog is barking again. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. My dog, my husband was supposed to come home and dog sit. And I realized, you know, in Arizona, we don't change, I'm sorry, we don't change our clocks. And so I, I had the time wrong. So I don't have a dog sitter. No, that's, that's why my dog is totally fine. in my lap barking. <laughs> and I apologize. And, and what, is very, the dog, what is the dog's name? His name is Joey. Oh, he's a oh. he's a horrible little chihuahua. Oh, okay, <laughs> no more explanation needed. Yeah, you, you know the story. <laughs> so, Susan, how did you become the main? I mean, when you watch the video, you're the main person. Uh, I am. You know, that was just pure luck. You know, and I, I don't know why I was because of my great leg work. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, when they when they put us on stage, they're like. You know, and our dresses are different. You know, and again, they match the different girls. So I guess I looked the most like that girl that happened to be in that position, where you know, playing that guitar. Right. Kathy mentioned also this morning. She said, "You know, none of us even knew how to hold a guitar." <laughs> and, and I said, "Were you playing the bass guitar?" And she was like, "How would I know?" I Oh, so yeah, great. they just handed us our instruments, and and Dana was on the drums. I remember that because somebody said, um, "Does anybody know how to fake, you know, playing a drum set?" And Dana <laughs> raised her hand, and so she was the drummer. But the other ones, they just—I don't know how they picked us, but I was just lucky, just lucky. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, did you have any interactions with Al, or was it pretty? Were you pretty separate from him? Um, we did. You know, it's funny. I I don't remember like a lot of conversation with him, and. And I asked Kathy that as well. And she said, I just remember he was really, really shy. And we were surprised at how quiet he was. Because, you know, you never know with, you know, when you go on a set like that, you're going to meet all kinds of people. And, you know, we don't know him. You just know what you what you see on television. Mm -hmm. And you would just, we sort of, I guess, expected him to be very sort of funny and outgoing and, you know, silly. And, and he wasn't at all. He was very, very quiet and very shy. So yeah, that's what we remembered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Another remember. reason why I was scared to talk to him at Sioux Plantation because you know he's very shy, <laughs> so I didn't want to bother him. <laughs> Do you remember working? Uh, the director was uh, Jay Levy, who was actually Al's manager. Uh, oh, Do you remember okay. working? Yeah. Do you remember working? Uh, how it was like working with Jay as, as a director? I don't remember that either. In fact, Kathy okay. asked me if she said, "Did did Al direct it?" And I said, "I don't." I don't remember and she said i remember um she remembered al giving us direction via someone else so obviously okay. there was a, there was a director so al was you know we were standing right beside him <laughs> he's like would you tell her to you know and so obviously there was some other person directing but yeah i don't i don't remember specifically meeting with him i'm sure i did i'm sure he was at the you know there all day you're talking to us i don't really remember the specifics but it's yeah, been that, a while yeah that was right about the time that al started uh really taking a big interest in directing so i'm not really so i'm happy to hear that he said that he was he was uh, doing most of the directing himself probably yeah that that's point. that's what kathy remembered yeah i want to talk a little bit about the vampires that we hinted at oh. <laughs> <laughs> so i think at, at this time susan if you could put uh suki mcminn on Yes, well, here she is now. Oh, oh, hi, Suki. <laughs> so for, for those, the uninitiated, um, Susan, when you write fiction, so you're a writer in addition to being in a Weird Al video. Uh, there's That's more right. to you than just Weird Al video. Um, <laughs> That's right. Well, there is now. You know, so. you've, you've written a series of uh, vampire novels and you do this have, under um, a pseudonym, Suki McMinn. That's correct. I am Suki McMahon, and I'm also Susan McNabb. When I write fiction, I write um, as Suki, and when I or when I publish, I should say fiction. And then when I write nonfiction, I write as Susan McNabb. For some reason, when I first started writing and getting published, I felt like I should separate those two things. You know, my serious, you know, writing from my <laughs> frivolous vampire romances. But of course, now you know. Several years into it, I realized, oh, nobody cares. You know, I don't know <laughs> something really important to do at the time. But it's um, so they, they are separated. But um, 
Yeah, I have a couple of vampire series. Um, as Suki, I have a new short story in an anthology that just came out a few days ago, actually called Love and Bloom, oh. with some other um, romance writers. It's a short vampire romance, and um, and I have you know a couple of different. I used to write a ton of fan fiction, and so and and I was Suki then, and so when I went to choose my um, my pen name as a fiction writer, I just thought I'll keep Suki because all these fan fiction readers knew me as Suki. Mm-hmm. And then I just used my husband's last name as McMahon. And so I just used his name because you can imagine why I didn't hyphenate <laughs> because my, <laughs> my name would be Susan McNabb McMahon. <laughs> so I thought I'll just, instead of using both names together, I'll be two different people. And so I, <laughs> so I use his name for my fiction. Oh, and then great. as Susan McNabb, I write nonfiction. So tell us about the nonfiction. Well, I um, I used to be a newspaper columnist. Columnist that was like my serious grown-up job when I lived in North Carolina, and uh, and now I write um, a, about my life in Hollywood. And I have a book right now that um, that I'm shopping to publishers that's called The Opposite of Famous, and it's about um, how I got into the business. I worked in Hollywood for and worked in the business for 29 years, wow. and so that's pretty oh. that's a pretty long time. <laughs> To, uh, to be in that profession and in that town. And it's funny because when you're there, you know, at the time it seemed perfectly normal, you know, to shoot music videos and, you know, date famous people and <laughs> fancy places. And you're like, it's just your life. You know, it seemed reasonable. Of course, now I look back and go, that was actually kind of an interesting life <laughs> that I had. And so I write sure. about it. And, uh, and in fact, I have a chapter in my book about um, music videos. So your listeners would be very interested, I'm sure. And oh I don't God, think yeah. I mentioned, I know, I don't think I mentioned Weird Al, believe it or not. Well, you need to rewrite this book. I said, there's still time to edit. <laughs> I need a sequel. Yes. <laughs> All about yeah, Weird Al. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, I could write a whole book about that day. No, totally. <laughs> not really. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was June 21st. It was 12.30 to 5.30. That's right. Very good. So, so yeah, that's what I write about now. I write about my life in Hollywood. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, so can you give us any preview of, of, you know, something aside from the music videos? Um, Yeah. I mean, every chapter is about a different aspect of my life. You know, I did fashion shows. I did print work. I did commercials. I did a lot of extra work on film sets and television and uh, commercials. I did. Um, I worked for Elvira for 17 years. I was her I stand-in that. and her. I know. I was her stand-in <laughs> and her photo double, and then later her road manager. And I traveled with her all over the country. So she's in the book quite a bit. I, I dated Jerry Seinfeld for eight years, and so he's in the book a little bit. Cool. And um, yeah, so I had a lot of um, a lot of little jobs on the side, which a lot of people in the you know in Hollywood do. And at the time, they were just, you know, sort of meaningless, annoying things I had to do for money. But now I look back and go, they were they were pretty interesting, too. You know, I taught acting for seven years. I worked at a commercial production company. I was a makeup artist. I was a, an agent. I was wow. <laughs> just like, you have to do what you have to do, you know, to make ends meet. And, and so I ended up with a lot of uh, stories with a lot of, I worked with a lot of interesting people. I um, obviously had interesting people in my personal life, especially when I was with Jerry, because I met all these, you know, great comedians. And and uh, so, yeah, that's what I write about. Wow. Well, uh, I really can't wait to read this book. So when it's coming well, out, please let us know. We'd love to have you back on um, well, to thanks. talk about I will. it more. And uh, I've got so many more questions, so we'll definitely save it for next time. We look forward to following your travels. We can find you online at SusanMcNab.com. That's M-C-N-A-B-B. For McNab, and then of course we can follow your pen name, Suki McMinn, and that's SukiMcMinn.com, and you've got all the social media links on there. And um, we really look forward to um, reading the opposite of famous one day. Well, thank you. So please thank keep you very us much. Thanks up to for date. having me. And uh, I will. Thank you again, Dave. I really want to thank Susan, Joey, of course, all of our listeners. I want to thank you and I for having obsessive collections that we can talk about for. <laughs> endless amounts of time uh you can check out our podcast on twitter instagram facebook it's at 2000 inch and 2000 inch.com
And don't forget to call us at 347-SPATULA. That's 347-772-8852. But really, you just need to remember, spatula. (laughs) 347-SPATULA. And let us know what you thought of this episode. And, uh, wait, what? Frank's telling me we already have a caller. Frank, cue that one up. Hey, Dave, Ethan, it's Kenneth. Just wanted to thank you both so much for doing this podcast. It has just brought so much meaning to my boring, miserable life. I'm much happier now, and it's just because of you two. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, thanks, Kenneth. Such kind words. You're awesome. Again, that number is 347-SPATULA. We want to hear from you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. It means a lot to us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and even Google Play as well as anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. And this week, we are back on the road. Um, Technically, it's my first Weird Al show of the year of the Strings Attached Tour. I'm so excited. So together, Dave, you and I, we are seeing Al in Cleveland on the 6th. We're seeing him in Pittsburgh on July 7th. Then you're going home, and I continue on. I go see him in Toronto, and then I see him in Syracuse. And then we meet back up in Philadelphia. Yeah, right. And if you'll be at any of these shows, please stop by and say hello. We'd love to meet you. Um, well, uh, Ethan, we'll also be recording uh, our concert reviews and releasing them as bonus episodes, yes. which we're calling Centimeters, <laughs> right? Uh, and we'll have a few more out over the next few weeks, so stay tuned for those as well. And if you haven't seen UHF, now is probably a good time because we're going to be talking about it quite a bit this month, and you're going to want to have it refreshed or if you haven't seen it yeah obviously you need if you're listening to our podcast just stop listening to our podcast and start (laughs) watching that movie uh it's very important it's on dvd blu-ray even if you have a laser disc uh player you can get it and watch it (laughs) right and remember if you're really old school there's that betamax release that you can track down (laughs) yeah if you find a betamax send it to me and i will send you (laughs) Any media of your choice. I'll send it to you on DVD. I'll send you my VHS tape from when I was a kid. (laughs) Next week, we keep the train rolling on UHF. We get more interviews, more insights. We can't wait for you to see what is to come this month. That was David Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Out Podcast, Episode 9 Inch. That's not my real mustache.